All right. Well, we have a couple of guests on the show yeah. today. Uh, why don't you two introduce yourselves? Um, I am Andrew Santoro. I'm Kelsey Henry. And you two are from uh, multiple podcasts of your own, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, tell us about them. Tell us about them. Um, we co-host Big Money Movie Ideas, where we come up with uh, million-dollar ideas for billion-dollar movies. And we also wrote and produced a sci-fi podcast called Tomorrow the Void. The entire first season is already up, and we're currently working on season two. And uh, that show has a Patreon, right? And does, doesn't you just release like a comic with that too? Yes, we have a Patreon exclusive comic at the moment that's full color, uh, thirty six pages. Yeah, give us your money, and we'll give you a comic. <laughs> What's the if they just look up Tomorrow the Void on Patreon, they'll be able to find it. Tomorrow the Void podcast. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, that's great. Uh, also, Andrew and I work together. That's how we know each other. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a Big Money Movie Ideas fan as well. Oh, um, oh shucks. And uh, uh, so I wanted to, we've actually been trying to get this uh, together for a bit, um, but you two, correct me if I'm wrong, have never seen any Star Trek before, right? The extent of my Star Trek is I have watched the J.J. Abrams Oh, right, right, right. right yeah. I've watched one and Into Darkness, I think is what the second one's um, called. Yeah. I'm a little bit better because I watched some of uh, the original series when I was a kid. Okay. Okay. Cool. So. Cool. Um, well, it took it took a little while because I knew I knew anyway that Andrew had barely seen anything yeah. at all, <laughs> and um, you know we usually we kind of run our random number generator like kind of ten or eleven episodes at a time, and when we first started talking about doing this, we were kind of partway through. Um, one of our kind of like runs of episodes and there wasn't anything where I was like oh well someone like Andrew who's never seen an episode before uh, that w- there wasn't anything where we were like oh yeah that's like a for sure a good one to talk about um, because we either wanted to, you guys to see one that is generally considered to be very good or generally considered to be very bad <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and like very bad in like an interesting way. We'll wait you know? for your opinions on which one this was. <laughs> yeah, uh, this. I mean, this one is generally considered to be very good. I, uh, uh, Kelsey, had you, had you seen this one before? Um, you know, I might have when I was like four. So okay, <laughs> I did ask her while we were watching it, and she said maybe. Okay, well, we can get into it. Uh, I usually do a little, uh, our little theme on the kazoo, but my son broke my kazoo uh, oh, a couple no. months ago, so which is like the fourth time he's done that over the four years <laughs> of the show has happened, so I'm just yes, going to do the, it with my mouth. The majority of this show's production costs go into replacement kazoos. Kazoo replacements. Yes. Uh, I, this is the first time I've done it with just my mouth and anyone has been able to see me, so I'm going to kind of hide my, hide my <laughs> face a little bit to hide my shame. Oh, I'll man. close my eyes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. I'm Brady Jungle. And we've already introduced you to our guests. Uh, Like I said before, uh, these two have seen not very much Star Trek at all. So before we kind of get into, let's let's say what we're we're talking about first, and before we we recap, we can kind of talk to our guests a little bit about what they thought of it. So this is uh, The Devil in the Dark. This is season one, episode 26 of the original series. It is written by Gene Elkoon and directed by Joseph Pevney. And the Memory Alpha synopsis of it is, The Enterprise arrives at Janus 6, where an unknown monster is destroying machinery and killing the miners, threatening the entire mining operation. 
So uh, what did you two think of, of this? Um, I, I have the question to ask was, who is the true devil in the dark? Uh, yeah. Question. Yeah. Who is, who is the real King Kong? Um, I liked the monster a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like that I believe it was like a person crawling on the ground under a blanket. Yes, I, I it mean, very he... obviously was. But I, I agree. I thought it was like, for being very obviously just like a person on all fours, like they did a good job of performing that. Yeah, they felt like a weird sad puppy or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I was questioning if it was one or two people, like side by side, because yeah. of how big the mass was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did actually read a little on, on Memory Alpha about that. Um, and apparently, so this guy, it was basically, it's this stuntman that they've sort of had do a couple of different kind of monsters in in Star Trek. Um, Janos Prohaska is, I guess, his name. And he apparently, like, designed the costume and, like, brought it in being like, look what I can do. <laughs> and then they had, like, he was like, can you come up with an episode where I can, where I can be this monster? He was, like, the original series is, uh, like, Doug Jones. Yeah, basically, like, whenever they needed, like, like, he was the Mugato, which is, like, a big, like, sort of monkey. Oh, really? Yeah. Monkey guy with a horn. And <laughs> apparently was, like, a bird monster in, like, the pilot that... Mm-hmm. basically the director was like he would have been in the episode more but he freaked me out too much so i just didn't want to be around him <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> just i like so. that this guy came into work one day with just this big warty like lava rock blanket and was like guys check this out and then he got down on all fours and crawled under it the the years of star trek under the original uh creator um gene roddenberry seemed very like strangely democratic in some ways because like the first <laughs> few seasons of the next generation as well like there are just multiple episodes that are just written by like a person who like submitted a script or something like <laughs> yeah just like or, or you know a lot of these are like just like them adapting old like sci-fi uh magazine stories and stuff too uh so <laughs> yeah it's it was a lower barrier for entry i guess at the time i mean i i love how the episode opens because i love that it's just this group of guys walk yeah, yeah. <laughs> Schmitter, Schmitter. Schmitter is the funniest name. <laughs> I I was thinking about that watching the episode that there is I think more than any other Star Trek show, it's just kind of like, yeah, like this specific type of a guy is still going to exist in the future. Like yeah. like a like a nineteen sixties like coal miner guy named Schmitter. Like, yeah. uh, but, but I like that they all just this big group of men, yeah. <laughs> like like a dozen guys, come to a room and they're like, "Someone died here." Yeah. And he's like, "I'm really scared. I don't want to stand here alone." And yeah, like, and they're just like, "Someone's no, got sorry. to keep guard. You have to stand here alone." <laughs> so that if it comes back, like another person will die. <laughs> Like, that's the plan, I guess. Well, yeah, and, like, the, the, the boss is like, oh, you'll be fine. And then I, I was watching this with my older son, and I was like, I looked at him, I was like, do you think he's going to be fine? <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I also like that the, the the manager of the mines is just wearing some nice purple, like, eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. Really oh, I love the eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The original series is by far the most colorful Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's, it's It reminds me a lot of, like, the old, like, Batman show from the 60s as well, mm-hmm. where, like, uh, it's 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 very like tactile and colorful and stuff, and I really I think that really adds yeah, adds a lot like, uh, to it. So you texted me after you had watched this one, saying that 
you want to live in this blue cave. Like I <laughs> yes. thought the set like of this one was actually was very good and like very cool looking. Yeah. Kind of like the rock walls and the tunnels and like clearly they in general I feel like clearly this episode like had a production budget which kind yeah. of it, some episodes did and some didn't I feel like during this time. I thought this set rolled. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they're not on the ship very much at all. They really are like living in, the, or like yeah, that that awesome like matte painting that like behind behind like the window and stuff mm-hmm. of yeah. like the the plant. Like, yeah, I really wanted to stuff. like play laser tag in that in that cave system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kelsey, you didn't say how you how you felt about it. Well, like in general. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought on different moments maybe, but in general, um, I liked it. It. I didn't realize how much, like, this reminds me of, like, the Mighty Boosh of, like, for, like, <laughs> set like design value. Boosh. And yeah. then, like, you can do spray paint and plaster and some plastic sheets and you have a whole scene of a whole new world. Or Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah, there is a, a moment where they're crawling through some caves and it is clearly just, like, they spray painted some sheets gray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, definitely... <laughs> it is definitely a product of its time. I, I did the rhythms of it are so strange for like modern TV too, you know. Um Yeah, it is very like deliberately paced, I feel like. I was thinking about you two because I know that you two uh you know like a good like weird practical effect like thing. And <laughs> the last one of these we watched for the, for the original <laughs> series, I think was was it was Cat's Paw, right, Brady? Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember is, we we may have I mean I guess we watched the movie. We may have watched the original series, but I don't remember one since Cat's Paw now. Yeah, which is about, among other things, it's about like an alien that can create scary things based on the crew's uh, perception of things that are scary. And so, like, it creates like this giant, like, spooky castle, and then it kind of, it, it turns into like a giant, monstrous, specifically like a panther or something, but it's clearly just a cat, like, like a regular cat, <laughs> that then they, they would like shoot. Uh, footage of it running through like what is clearly like a, a miniature hallway, like a miniature oh, wow. castle hallway, to make it look big. Uh, and it, it's it's I don't know. It's again, it's like not going to be. We we had guests on for that show too, and I think one of them was like, "What is this?" And it was like very much like I'm taking this in the in the intention that they were trying to uh, to to create, but. Yeah, it makes um, me think of the uh, the night gallery. <laughs> that that episode then also had like the alien turn out at the end to be like a tiny little like bug made oh, out of pipe right. cleaners. I want to see almost <laughs> if I can find that and show a picture of them while we're while we're doing it. But um, uh, yeah, so we can talk a little bit more about like the different developments as we go on. So Brady, why don't you take us into the the episode? Yeah, so so like you're saying, so it, the episode starts out with. Um, and I don't know how often this happens in the original series. That I feel like usually it starts out with like Kirk on the ship doing a captain's log or something. And this one starts out on this planet with these like you know miners in their like orange jumpsuits, and one of them gets horribly murdered by this monster in this tunnel. Like it's very much the like dramatic music, and then you zoom in on his face and he screams, and they're like, ah, he's been burned to a crisp, just like all the other ones. Poor Schmitter. <laughs> and then so but the enterprise shows up and basically this is this is a planet that mines a unobtainium i i forget what it's called but like a uh it's called um per, pergium pergium yeah because it sounds like per diem <laughs> yeah uh which is 
I guess, very valuable or like necessary for colonies. I think at some point they say, but they haven't been able to mine it because all their miners are being murdered. And so Kirk has been brought here to kind of like investigate and, and stop whatever is going on and like hunt this monster and kill it. And they go kind of down in these, in these tunnels and it starts out, it like is very kind of like slow paced, but in a very kind of like, they're trying to build tension with it type of way. And so like guards or miners keep getting, getting murdered. And then what kind of creates the sort of like stakes of it is that then a hole gets burned in the mining facilities, like power reactor and basically kind of a component of the reactor is stolen. So they only have like a, they have sort of a ticking clock before either the reactor like explodes or they lose power and they all die because they don't have oxygen anymore. It's a very like, uh, even not, the 60s was more kind of like capitalist, I think, than like the 90s and, and current eras. But like it did feel like a very, very capitalist Star Trek episode, like even for this period where I, I don't think that those miners are part of are part of Starfleet proper. Like I think that they're they're like their own thing, but then like And then they sell Starfleet. it to Yeah, but but like Kirk is very, very like concerned about like oh, we gotta get this stuff mined. We gotta, we gotta get this mining operation back up. The Pergeum must flow. Yeah, there is a bit where their where their <laughs> manager of the facility is just like, I care about my men's lives and Kirk is like, No, this mineral's really important. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of a jerk in this in this episode. Um by the way, here is the Here's what the aliens from the cat's paw look like at the end of the. It, they're like these little like marionettes with like yeah. pipe and stuff. Wow. Um, do they I, move? Or yeah, they, they do. They move. You see, like they got like strings. A little bit, yeah, yeah, they got little strings that are kind of like, okay. moving them around. Yeah, but uh, you're right. I, I thought yeah, the the guy who's in charge of the mine, he's like kind of a jerk, but he also is like, I, I don't want any more. He, he's like, nobody wants to go down there anymore, and I can't say I blame him, you know? Like, yeah. Because there's a giant, like, shag carpet that's eating people. Uh, <laughs> I will say, um, we're, we're going to get to the shag carpet in, in a second, but I do wonder how people at the time processed this, like, like whether it was <laughs> scary back then. Because like, it's not to us, but then I was watching, again, I was watching with, with Reggie, and he when he saw that thing for the first time, he was like, he like recoiled from it. He was just like, Ugh. like he thought it was disgusting. It, it <laughs> yeah. is gross. Yeah. Like it is truly a gross looking thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so as they're kind of investigating, um, what happens is, is Spock keeps, keeps scanning and he's like, there's no life forms down here, but there's, there's these like balls that are all made out of silicone. And so kind of starts to theorize, like maybe there could be, a something that is alive that like instead of being organic and made from carbon like everything on earth is would be made of silicon instead and that's why our scanners are picking it up and they change their scanners and they find this that this thing exists and is you know silicon based life but is also like the only one on the planet and so as they kind of investigate there's kind of this sort of conflict between Spock, who keeps getting more and more interested in this thing and kind of figures out there used to be like a whole, for thousands of years, there have been a whole like species of these things. And now there's only one left. And so if we were to kill it, we would essentially be like making a possibly sentient race extinct. And Kirk kind of gives these orders of (laughs) that just like this thing has been like murdering everything it sees on site, like 
as soon as we see it, we have to kill it, or the Enterprise's crew will die, or these miners will die, and like we just have to kill it. It kind of reminds me of, um, in The Next Generation, there's this creature called the Crystalline Entity, which is also like a like an alien that is not made out of like normal stuff. And there's only one of it. And it basically, it goes around like galactusing planets, basically like, yeah. just like, just like sucks all the life off of them. And that's, it's a very similar, um, on a much like larger scale, but like a very similar kind of like conflict of, does this thing know what it's doing? Like, can we get it to, to stop doing it and like understand like what we're, you know, what we are and, uh, yeah, or do we just have to destroy it before it like just eats another planet? Yeah. Well, I mean, having not watched the episode, uh, even if it understands, like I, I have to imagine it's not just eating planets for fun. I imagine right. it does need it to live. So. Well, that's an interesting episode because that that actually ends with basically them trying to communicate with the thing, and then one of the people who there's someone else on the ship who. Uh, like her son had been killed by this thing, and then she basically hijacks the ship and blows up the thing and kills it. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so it has like a sad ending, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's not quite the the same outcome as this one. But yeah, um, I get. I think it does. I'll I'll finish the plot. But yeah, I, I I was gonna get into kind of the like morality of this episode a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Because so to summarize, like large swaths of episode, they keep searching the tunnels, and then Kirk ends up finding this this thing and this is the first time we actually sort of get to see the the lava monster which he has uh this like big lumpy thing on the ground that's like rock and lava that's clearly made of cloth <laughs> yeah yeah it's very orange for like a for the thing that's made out of stone of or like yeah i guess there are some orange stones i suppose but it also has a, a big white spot where they burned its butt yes yeah that that was the most disturbing part of it i feel like was like the <laughs> it's been like sore yeah <laughs> that then mccoy ends up just like plastering up with yeah that was concrete. maybe the most disturbing is they're just like oh we just shoved some like silicone stuff in it and then that healed it and i was like yeah what? yeah yeah, but what a bad doctor! Like, do you just jam diamonds in people and hope right. that like carbon? That's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get a steak and just like slap it on on a wound, and like they'll they'll be fine. Yeah, Kirk is being very unreasonable in this in this episode because I, well, he does call the doctor. He calls Bones down, yeah. and he's like, "Fix this thing." And he's like, "I don't know what this is made out of rock." And he's like, "You're a yeah. healer. You heal things. Do it." You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a bricklayer. Yeah, yeah. damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, I'm not a bricklayer. <laughs> That's a that's yeah that that's a common uh, Star Trek thing is mm-hmm. uh, Bones will say I'm a doctor not a whatever the thing is that he, people are demanding him to be yeah which again is like well justified in this case because yeah yeah and and yeah and his solution is to beam down like some cement and then like <laughs> they they keep cutting to him and his hands are just like covered in this like orange paste and he's just like yep i fixed it all up i just well see he specifically says he like jammed it in the (laughs) yeah like i filled its wound with cement (laughs) with cement he said (laughs) yeah uh now brady do you know is this the first episode where we see a vulcan mind meld because i was uh, wondering that because it it, that's a big part of the end of the of the show yeah because it is like a fair ways into the first season. So I would assume it would have happened before now, but I, I don't know. I feel like the first season is, there is a lot of just like, they just kind of decide that Spock can do a certain thing. Or cause he, he explains it like it's never been 
done before, like around Kirk, because he's like, "Do you know about?" That's true. Yeah. Do you know about like this thing? And Kirk's like, "Yeah, I guess so. I guess so." And he doesn't do like <laughs> usually when he does a mind meld. He like says a little. He like has a little spiel where he's like, "You know, your mind to my mind, my you know, your thoughts to my thoughts." And he just yeah. instead he just kind of like looks at it and goes, "Ah." <laughs> yeah, I think this is the first time, and he does end up touching it eventually. But at first, I don't think they ever do this again where like he does it without like he just kind of stands there and like stares at it he doesn't really like Mm because usually for the mind you like put your fingers on like a certain part of somebody's face or whatever (laughs) yeah i wonder if maybe it was the first time that'd be wild and that yields just um him screaming pain over and yeah (laughs) yeah well usually yeah the person who's doing the melt doesn't react like that viscerally to whatever it's happening it's it's almost like more like the other person who is getting melded with is like kind of has to experience their emotions again yeah Um, (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's it's definitely a very i feel like would be a hard asking assignment to be given of just like all right you have to pretend like you are experiencing the the emotions of this shag carpet on the ground yeah (laughs) so but he does that though and and so then he kind of starts to understand what this creature is going through because actually that's one thing i wanted to to mention i i really liked how those two characters like have their own kind of like approaches to this problem and then sort of like flip on the way that they want to handle it over the course of the episode they kind of do yeah because partially because of like the the like the influence of each other because there's that that really good scene where Spock is telling the other the other security team members from the Enterprise who have been down, like, all right, well, let's split up and do this, and then, like, you know, let's try to capture it if we can. And then, yeah. and then Kirk is like, no, 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 we're going to kill it. And then, they, <laughs> and then yeah. they have that conversation where, where Kirk is like, hey, I didn't say anything about capturing this thing. And then he kind of tries to reassign Spock to a different part of the, the mission so that he doesn't do anything that he doesn't want him to do. Yeah. And then... You, Spock kind of convinces him to stay, but then later on, when Kirk is the one who's in danger, Spock is like, "You have to kill this thing. Do it now, quick!" quick. <laughs> yeah, on face. Like, once Kirk like sees it face to face, and it kind of is just like they have like a little showdown. Kirk's like, "Well, it's not attacking me, so like I'm not going to kill it." And Spock is just like, "No, kill because <laughs> no kill, yeah. Yeah. like kill it right away." Yeah, it was a weird like chain, like they flipped sides, but you kind it kind of made sense because like spock doesn't Mm -hmm. want kirk to die once it actually comes down to it yeah it was a nice like one of those episodes where like spock is trying to pretend that he's above it all and like he is just purely motivated by logic and and it's like oh no you have you actually do care about like your friends and stuff you know yeah i don't know there was um, a very funny thing when they're doing instructions on how to fight the thing they're like aim for the thing on it that looks closest to a head yeah. <laughs> try to shoot the head <laughs> it's a pile on the ground yeah. they also uh, they spend a long time talking about that they have two different types of phasers which i don't think i've ever heard them talk <laughs> oh, about yes, the other phaser one these guys only two. have the type ones yeah. thank goodness we have the type twos yeah <laughs> Which I guess is just like so that that's why it matters that they can go down there, but like the the miners don't have any of that stuff. Yeah, they can, I guess um, the, the miners instead have just like a baseball bat. Yeah, <laughs> I love the miner uniforms too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the the miner uniforms are like corduroy, kind of like like a plush corduroy, like a microfiber corduroy. Yeah, like jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. all they're all these different colors, and then they have like those cool like not quite belts that they're wearing, <laughs> but like they're like belts that don't go all the way around. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love, yeah, I loved like just the look of this episode it was so good. I will say a very, a very, a real sausage fest of an episode. Like I, yeah, I, I did notice. Was, um, yeah. There was not a woman to be found in the. I mean, I guess technically the 
maybe the Horda. The Horda. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> they they all do have a lengthy discussion at the end of the episode about which one of them the Horda found most attractive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's so weird <laughs> and uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, there's no way she found you attractive, Spock. You're ugly. <laughs> there's, there's, so many of the original series episodes just end with like the three of them like having like weird jokes. Like, yeah, just weird like, jokes doing to a little like roast of Spock. It felt very mean. <laughs> I felt very bad for Spock. Oh, I didn't feel bad for Spock. <laughs> uh, I, I noticed at the beginning of this episode that they didn't do the full theme song, um, and they only had like the first three, or just I think even the first two. It was cast just members. It was, yeah. It, was just, it didn't even have DeForest Kelly on. The, yeah credits i saw that and i was like that's really strange i wonder if they just had too much show to put in mm-hmm. but then they only have um the only cast members they even show are the core three of them plus scotty like because there is one woman yeah, named cast true. member on, or, or two i guess if you count nurse chapel and neither of them are in it and uh sulu's not in it either um so it's a yeah. very yeah very like yeah that's a good point and, there, on, and like, there's just like this like random security chief that I don't think is in any other episodes either. Oh yeah, the guy with like that that gray hair, like the very very serious yeah, the, security guy. Yeah. I thought I liked him. <laughs> like again, again, there was a lot of uh the more guest actors who are in a Star Trek original series episode, the more you're just like you get to really just see what people who adu- adult men from the 1960s looked like <laughs> they, they don't really do. Yeah, uh, it's really true. We left out the big twist of the episode, which is that um, all the balls that you saw the whole episode were were the the Horda's eggs. Yes, and that the miners, yeah. I guess, were just crushing them for fun. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does seem like that. That he finds like Kirk goes in and finds this kind of like nursery, like this room with a bunch of eggs, and they're all just like smashed in. Like you just imagine one of the miners just went in with his baseball bat and was like, "Wee!" Just like bang, bang, bang. I mean, it is like a pretty boring job. You know? <laughs> the miners do seem horrified at what they've done, but they're eggs. They're, there's probably stuff in them. They're probably not just like hollow balls. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I was kind of thinking, because yeah, they do look like hollow balls, but then like I was like, maybe you just wouldn't, maybe they would just be like, silicon in there still you know like like it would like be like sand or something yeah i guess or maybe like the the balls themselves like grow into a horda because the balls are like made of silicon right i think they say at some point so yeah who knows i feel like we did not get enough information about the life cycle of of the horda well, we also had like way too lengthy of an explanation, like because I I would have been on Horta side if it was just these are the Horta's eggs and these guys just sort of kick them in for for a laugh. <laughs> it looks like, but then they're just like the Horta every five thousand years, 50. all every fifty thousand years, all of them die but one, and then they all go into these eggs, and that one watches them until they all hatch again. So she's the mother of an entire species. <laughs> Don't you feel extra bad? <laughs> Don't you feel extra bad? Those were old guys in those eggs, not just babies. Well, I, I feel like the reason they were doing that, though, is because they were trying to explain why none of the humans had been able to figure this out yet, right? Like, Yeah, yeah it's not well, like there was like a whole society of hordas that they like murdered. It's There was only one that was kind of hiding in the, in the tunnels. And that's, and that's why they never bumped into them, you know, until they, until they dug too deep. Yeah, because that, I think, is what it ends up being, is that like, they were like, yeah, we were like mining here and it was going fine until we got to level 23. So there's like a certain depth that Hordas live at. Um, and then like, maybe, I guess, I think what they try to say is that like the mining equipment was what was breaking the eggs. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so then it got like defensive and started murdering everybody. Yeah, I I hadn't seen this episode in about t- ten years, um, and the thing I really remembered the most about it was I, I was just like, oh, this is the no kill eye episode. Um, <laughs> I loved I loved that where they after the mind meld Spock. Because the Horta also has gained some knowledge of like, <laughs> of like humanoid language English, and stuff. I guess. Yeah, English. and then <laughs> does a little, does a little uh, uh, carving, you know, a little like disintegrated carving into the the ground, saying "No kill I." I but. love the trepidation of. Does it mean it won't kill us, or that it doesn't want to be <laughs> yeah. killed? Because that changes yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it does. I I don't know. I feel like that kind of like brings up the question of like if it really was like they say it's like super intelligent and like even if it's intelligent enough to like like it's not just like a kind of animal sort of instinctly protecting its eggs like if it's intelligent enough to like communicate that it does not want you to kill it but it has been then that doesn't that mean that it has been like intelligently and like consciously making a choice to murder like 15 people (laughs) Well, I feel like that makes me less sympathetic towards it if it's like smart enough to know what it's doing. Well, but I, I think though that it's like it understands their sentience after melding with Spock. I, I feel like the whole point of the episode is basically that the miners have been viewing this thing as like a mindless monster, but that's also how the Horta has been viewing the humans. Uh, okay. it, yeah. And even at, even at the end, like, you know, that you were talking Devil about, like, in the all, dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they're roasting Spock at the end, like, that comes from, like, this conversation where Spock was like, yeah, the Horta's basically been like, no, oh, humans aren't so bad once you get over how gross they look, you know, like, yeah. and it's, it's like they have, like, the same attitudes about each other. Um, <laughs> which I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, it maybe feels like a little facile now, but like, it's one of those things where I think that was like kind of a cool thing to like have on network television at that time period. Uh, you know, this is like the height of the Cold War. You know, this is this is the season before they add a Russian character to the main cast because they were trying to show like, hey, look, like we can all get along and get past these like sexual differences and stuff. Um, so I I did like what it was trying to do at the end, even though it's like maybe a little a little basic. Um, I kind of like how when they're like. We you, workers and this horda can resolve their differences. If you realize, workers, that there's going to be thousands of these things, and maybe you can work together to make more profit. Yeah, yeah, they can just do all the digging for you. Them. <laughs> that, that is, I think, if I had one criticism of the episode, but like it would be like that once they're like, oh, immediately <laughs> once they have like established communications with this thing, everyone's like, oh. Okay, like that's fine. Like, 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 we don't really like. There's, it's like very much like no hard feelings about like all the murders that we yeah. both did on each other. Like, they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because you even expect there to be some conflict because they show like all the miners knock out a couple of the Starfleet guards and are going to like rush the chamber, and you're like, oh, like right as we figure out that this thing's sentient, like now we're going to have this conflict that all the miners want to kill it anyways, and they all run in, and Kirk's just like. No, it's it's intelligent. It's protecting its young, and they're just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't really feel they don't feel that bad, but also they don't feel really angry anymore at all about all their friends who died. Like it, it, they're just like mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, you know, I guess you know, fair's fair. <laughs> like, yeah, but it'll help them mine platinum and gold, even though gold is worthless in the future. 
That's right. I wanted to mention this. I, I, I figured you probably picked this up. So there's there's multiple jokes later on in the show, uh, in in some of the other series mostly that gold is worthless. Like that that it, no one cares about it anymore. Like there is this uh, currency. So Starfleet, like the Federation, doesn't use currency, but they they have some currency reserves that they use to negotiate with like civilizations that still do use currency. And there's this currency that exists in some of the other shows called gold pressed latinum. And latinum is like kind of like this really valuable substance that is it naturally occurs in like a liquid form, and then they they house it in gold so that they can like carry it around. But like gold is they joke many times that gold has no value whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, well, we had all this gold lying around, so we figured we might as well use it for something worthwhile and like put the valuable latinum inside it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like because we just recently watched an episode where of Deep Space Nine where like somebody's trying to pull off basically like this heist of a bunch of gold pressed latinum and he ends up like getting it but then it like he finds out that all the latinum was taken out of it and so he's just like sitting there with like this pile of gold like sobbing because he has like all this worthless (laughs) stuff so yeah so does does it look like gold bars is that the bit is that how it is presented yeah basically like gold bars but like the the gold is like a very, very like thin veneer over the latinum, so like you yeah, can actually you, like, like, break it open if you break it too hard, like the, it'll like crack open and stuff. Can you, um, so can you imagine this currency that is liquid that you have to carry around with you in something the size of a gold bar, <laughs> and gold <laughs> notoriously a terrible like soft metal yeah. that like if you just sat on that, just pop your like hundred dollars all over your butt, and, like <laughs> yeah. Maybe it reacts well with the latinum. Like maybe they like have some sort of a it hardens it a bit. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it, like so that show takes place about a hundred years, uh, one hundred twenty years or so after after this show. So maybe maybe like <laughs> after sometime in between now and then, like they discover like several gold planets that make it so yeah. that you know. Well, maybe like, because no the Horda metal, like, the Hordas mined so much for them that like this yeah. is the origin story <laughs> yeah. of, of how gold <laughs> lost its value. It's, def- oh, it's deflationary. Yeah, it's like it's like why are we still mining diamonds when we could just make diamonds? You know, because we want to keep the value up. Like it's it's like that. Yeah. There's also like the idea of bringing your gold bar to like the coffee shop, being like, I'll take a, a latte. And then they like, I don't yeah. know, they take a syringe out, I guess, and suck out like a tiny bit of latinum <laughs> from your gold well, so bar. They, they split it into like, there's different basically like currency amounts that are based on like the size. So yeah. like most people, they're, they're walking around money is like, <laughs> it's strips. So they're just like, these things are like a couple of inches long, like, uh, and they're very like thin. And then, yeah, if you, you can have, you can have bars, which are like much, much larger, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never. Deep Space Nine really gets into the world building, if you hadn't guessed. Thin strips filled with liquid. Yeah, I, they never. I don't think there's ever been an episode where people are like at like the, you know, like a monetary facility or something where people are having to like make, like how do you make change for that? You know. Like, <laughs> I've never, I've never seen that. That's a good point. I mean, it does seem like credit is a very, is still like a very big thing in the future. Like, so maybe a lot of the stuff there's just like banks, there's just like these giant vats of Latin where it's like you're, <laughs> you're, it's just going up and down depending on like what you're, what you're spending. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think that's mostly like what happens in the episode. Um, I found this episode like very, as I always do with the original series. I feel like unless there's like one of the really the really like sexist episodes that, that <laughs> yeah. didn't exist of it, like I found it like very charming. Like 
I just, I really like that old like tactile, everyone kind of like get working together to get this thing done, production value of all of these things. So I hope you both uh, had a good time uh, watching it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would um, I would rate this episode a type two phaser. Out okay. Of, <laughs> out of, I don't know how many types there are, but that one se- that one seems better than the other mm-hmm. one. Did it make you think I'd watch more of this, or not really? You're just like <laughs> maybe. <laughs> You're like, I watch more of it if you invited me on the show again. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> there's there's thousands of um, shows out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, I think this is this one is it does kind of capture the like. I feel like I could see how this would be like a huge hit in the '60s. Yeah. Like just the kind of like creativity and otherworldliness. I I think it would be so probably like so cool if you had not seen anything like this before yeah if it was the 60s and there's like five channels on tv and all of them are like news and then one's got a shag rug running around killing people (laughs) i'm probably tuning into that one every time yeah yeah like i said it has its own rhythms but i really i really do i love watching the especially the first the first season of, of the original series i think is so so fun yeah that is another thing i to go on like a, a crazy tangent because um, every now and then I'll like look up one of the sort of guest stars or that in these episodes to see like I wonder if I know this person from anything and it is always very apparent like how little from the 60s has like endured in any because it'll be like this guy was in like and then lists like 20 shows and then just like I've never heard of any of those <laughs> yeah. right like everyone's heard of Star Trek still but like it's just like he was in like all of these westerns and i'm just like i i i had no idea right but like that may have been a huge hit at the time and like now i like did not know it, it ever existed until memory alpha claimed it did well so much of what i know of like old shows and like everything is you know nobody had an eye for like preservation like no mm-hmm. one had an eye for like mm-hmm. one day we'll sell box sets of this they yeah. were just like yeah, oh we point. ran out of space in the warehouse just burn all those <laughs> old reels of like whatever yeah are, isn't there like a, a bunch of like old doctor who that just doesn't exist now i, I, think? I would very much believe that that was yeah the, that, yeah that i think ancient. there was like years ago i think there was like a sort of like community like a project of just they were like trying to find if anybody had it like taped it off of tv and they were, like, trying to, like, collect as much of these, like, yeah, those first several seasons that they were just, like, as far as we know, no copy of this exists. I do wonder, like, how much of that is, like, unique to, like, the, that time period where, like, we were producing a lot of TV, but it was not necessarily, like, all very good. And how much of it is just the, that it's been 55 years? Like, I wonder, like, when, when it's been 55 years from, like, the 90s, I am curious, like, what will be, what will be, like, the shows that people are, like... Ah, uh, yes. I mean, like, or maybe we won't even be thinking about shows anymore because we'll be dead or we'll be, <laughs> or like, we'll all be like just plugged into the metaverse or whatever. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I could name more shows that were on in the 90s right now because I was alive then and because it was more recent than, than I could of the 60s. But like, in when it But how much staying power will like Spin City have? Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm guessing, you know, sometime in the future, like, you'll still have your, your friends and your Seinfelds and your Frasers and stuff. But like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, are some of these other things that like people are like, oh yes, like this, like, or even stuff where it's like some people really like it now, where it's like, you know, will will Buffy be a thing like that long from hmm, you yeah. know, in the future or whatever? So I don't know. Fifty years from now, when it's Mad Max World, 
um, and we're all fighting over DVD collections of Daria yeah. <laughs> um, instead of water. That's what our, that's what our currency will be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. DVDs. Yeah. yeah. And like like the few the few elite will have like an HD DVD that is incredibly <laughs> rare. Yeah, or like that's the way the currency is like, well I have I have a disc or like I have a season or I have like a series box. <laughs> that's like, right, yeah. Oh, and you have this great moment where someone looks through their collection and they realize that they're all all the discs are gone out of their <laughs> They do a bank heist and they, they get all of Seinfeld on DVD and they're like, I can finally retire and it's just an empty box <laughs> or it's just the special, digital, special digital features. Digital download key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Man, I had an idea for, we're, we're going to record an episode of Big Money Movie Ideas after this and I had an idea for what we should talk about, but now I kind of want to do this weird <laughs> DVD heist movie. <laughs> Uh, well, does anyone have anything else they want to talk about with this this uh, episode? I have maybe it's a tangent, but yeah, yeah. going on about like morality and mm-hmm. maybe what the goal of this episode was was to get to the point of talking from the Horda's perspective about oh, you know, humans can look kind of weird too. I just want to point out that Spock in that office and like I think it was the second scene in the or maybe the third scene in the episode. Knew. He knew they were eggs because he was looking at the egg in the office and he's like, maybe they're silicone based, you know, and and they're like, oh, I don't know. You know, the doctor was there. And and then he goes, I have a suspicion about something, but I'm going to I'm going to hold off from saying it because it might blow the doctor's mind. So he knew. And I feel like maybe less people and eggs and stuff could have died if Spock maybe just in that moment was like, I think these are eggs, and I think that would upset something, even if we well, he don't you know, mind meld and talk to it. You know? yeah, he certainly could have saved the, the lives, question mark, or at least injuries, because uh, there is a moment where they bring the like mining crew are right outside the cave where the Horda is, and the Starfleet red shirts are just like holding them off. Mm-hmm. And then the mining crew's like, we want to kill that thing. So they just beat the crew members <laughs> with like metal bats. And they're, yeah. they don't just like knock them out. A few of them are just like wailing on these guys on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, are they dead? <laughs> That's not the finest hour for Starfleet security because they, they, they do this because one of them is basically just like, look over there. Like, no, it really is, yeah. It literally is like, it's there. And they turn I mean, they might be dead. I don't think we ever see, yeah. like, Lieutenant Giotto again, so. <laughs> so is Spock the real devil in the dark? Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I know, maybe from a writer's perspective, they wanted to get to that ending about, oh, you know, the different perspectives. But from Spock's perspective, I don't think that was an end goal. I don't think he ever knew he could mind meld with the thing and it had, you know, thoughts and stuff. I think in that moment he was just like, I don't want to, the doctor's in the room and I don't want to tell him it's eggs, you know? Like maybe a little coy, maybe a little spiteful even. I mean, looking at the the stinger scene where they're just mocking his, you know, looks. Yeah. And you said that this is a common theme. Maybe Spock, maybe this episode would have gone a lot differently if, if they were a little nicer to Spock. Yeah. yeah. You call it ribbing, but they're just like, 
He's just like, the thing liked my ears, and they're like, there's no way. Your ears suck, and you're ugly. And he's just like, I don't like this. I'm leaving the room. And they're like, yeah, he would. And then they just, like, jab each other and laugh. Yeah, Bo- Bones is very, like, like it, it, they, you know, there's, there's enough episodes where, like, they're all friends, but, like, Bones is very mean to Spock. Like, yeah, a, I feel like they always time. try to play it, like, all three of them are friends, but I don't, I think, like, Bones is always just like incredibly <laughs> insulting to Spock, like throughout, and like uses like kind of like what the equivalent of like racial epithets would be. Like, like he like talks a lot about how he's got like green blood. Like that's like, <laughs> like, like, like that's just like like that, that that alone is like weird, you know, like that he has green blood or whatever. And, and Spock's just like, yeah, what a, you know, I'm not gonna be bothered. But like, but this one, yeah, it does feel like Spock maybe actually is bothered. This bothers him a little bit more than he's willing to let on. Like. <laughs> Both with that scene, yeah, and at the end, he's kind of like, is it so, you know, like, this thing has good taste, like, I, I you know, it probably likes my ears, like. Yeah. <laughs> I did just like that they were all arguing over who the the rug found the Prettier. sexiest. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, that was uh, yeah, a, a fun one, though, a fun one. And, and I am kind of curious what you, you, what you both would have thought of. This is our 101st episode mm. that we were recording today. Yeah. And um, I, would, I do wonder what you would have thought of our 100th episode, which was um, the, the worst original series movie, um, which is yeah. like, <laughs> kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum of this in terms of uh, like just like what's going on in it and like the amount of also the acclaim it has because I would, I would guess this this episode is probably like I bet you this probably finds its way into like most people's top 10 uh, hmm. original series episodes would be hmm. my guess and would you say that? Probably yeah it's, I mean it's considered kind of one of like the classic ones that it's not my personal favorite but I, I do like it quite a bit um, yeah it would have been it would have been interesting to see <laughs> the other uh, side of it which was a movie where they they basically go to the center of the galaxy and then like fight God, which is like not nearly as awesome. I mean, that as that sounds sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sing row, row your boat around a campfire. while eating Yes. There's an extended <laughs> campfire sequence. I think um, we would have liked that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, do check out Andrew and Kelsey's uh, stuff. I, I don't know how long it will take them to to like turn around the episode we're going to be on. I, I imagine uh, ours takes so long to do. We, we we already record ours like two months in advance that we mm-hmm. might have our episode out on their feed before this one is. Um, so if you if that's happening, you can either you can listen to it or keep an ear out or an eye out for when we're on Big Money Movie Ideas. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but just check out their stuff. Just generally, they're good folks, and they they make cool things. Oh shucks. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to plug or you talk about in particular? Um, no. Just check out Big Money Movie Ideas. Check tomorrow out the Tomorrow Void. the Void. That's a sci-fi. Yeah. Season one is set in space in a spaceship. If you want a tiny crew. Yeah. If you want to keep up on like all of our stuff, our website is ghostpartyparty.com. Um, that has links to all the things that we have uh, put our grubby little fingers on. And it's got posters of all of the, the movies from... Uh, over 100. I wouldn't say all. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. But yeah, yeah. We're it's, working it's on it. It's hard to do all, but <laughs> <laughs> we are. It, one day we'll have all the posters. <laughs> and you can, you can check out Chip Theory Games' social media to see uh, weird, funny things that Andrew makes there. Uh, yeah. I, I manage the accounts there, and I make the videos that we put up. Yes. 
recently has made has made things I have worked on look a lot better than they would have been if I just working been working on them by myself. So oh. it's much appreciated. Ah, oh, shucks. Uh, for us, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can visit us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is That's Not How Science Works, which is a science pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. But they are... Uh, they like Harry Potter and not the person who makes Harry Potter. Uh, so they're, they're chill. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. Um, so yeah, anyway, check out any of those folks. And um, Oh, I forgot to look up what episode we're doing next time. So next time we're going to be doing uh, Discovery Season 2, uh, Episode 12, which I think our first Discovery, not Season 1 episode, right? Well, I think, isn't this the first episode? This is the first episode that has come out since we started recording our podcast that we will be doing, which is very weird because there's been a lot of stuff that's come thing. out since yeah. then. But. but yeah, so this is Discovery Season 2, Episode 12. It's called Through the Valley of Shadows. All right, yeah, so uh, watch that before the next episode if you want, and and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.